Recording live from Dimension C-132 in the multiverse, this is Craft Cryptids. open a cold one with your two favorite brothers, conspiracies, breweries, and everything in between. It's time for Craft Cryptids. Hey man, uh, welcome back to another episode. Yes sir, Craft Cryptids back at it again. Just do a little housekeeping here. Go follow us on Instagram at Craft Cryptids, Twitter at Craft Cryptids, (laughs) <laughs> We're on Untapped at Craft Cryptids. I think you get the idea there. Um, send us uh, messages for any suggestions you may have for cryptids or conspiracy topics. Actually, got one the other day that's definitely going to make it on an episode here probably in a few weeks. So uh, send over those suggestions and even send us some beer suggestions and uh, we'll check it out. We're actually on Facebook as well. Um, Craft Cryptids Fan Club. Check us out. Um, yeah. All right. Let's do this thing. Yeah. That fan club page has been through a lot. It's been been through a lot. You know, at first it was, uh, an Iceland page. At one point it became a old woman's knitting page, a fan club, a fan club for old women who like to knit. Um, and now it's fine. Found its final resting place is a craft group homepage. And this was actually our master plan the whole time, the last, you know, two years. Yeah, we always planned to do a podcast. We knew. It was, and we're all about the long troll. So, sorry to all you um, Icelanders who are listening to this. Um, the Iceland uh, national footy team uh, couldn't get it done. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun stuff. So, was- hey, so you were saying, you were telling me that you have an interesting story to tell me or some crap? Oh, I mean, yeah. So, well, first, like, let's. I just want to say, like, massive, massive shout-out, talking about footy, massive shout-out to the uh, women's uh, national soccer team. Amazing. Amazing game. They uh, I don't know if you know Jacob, so they won the World Cup today. Um, they're a back-to-back champions, the first team to ever do a back-to-back championship for the World, uh, National World Cup. Um, amazing game. I woke up at, like, 5 a.m., went to this Greek bar, started drinking at, like, 5.45 in line, waiting to get in. Watched the whole game. It was awesome. Nice, dude. Yeah, I knew that they won. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a single game. Uh, but no, that's awesome. Back-to-back. That's ridiculous. Uh, the Brittos would be very proud of that knowledge that you woke up that early to watch a soccer match, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, it's. I would say, like, our women's soccer team is the best national team we have, like, in any sport. Like, it's amazing. They're, they're incredible. It was so exciting. They won 2-0 against the Netherlands, who are, like, an admittedly really good team. Uh, who knows? Like, it'd be awesome to do a three-peat, but um, that's like obviously super hard right to even win the World Cup, let alone three times in a row. So, Solid soccer info there, bro. You always bring it strong with that soccer info. Yep, yep. So uh, we actually uh, – I live in a pretty like strong soccer territory, right? Like Timbers and Thorns games. Uh, Timbers are like the Portland – the local Portland team. Uh, men's team and the thorns are a local women's team and um the thorns are pretty cool they have like they have like three players from the thorns are actually on the uh the national team so 
You heard it here first, guys. Craft Cryptids is your number one source <laughs> for women's national soccer. Yeah. Bring, bring it on, y'all. Bring it on, guys. So please send us all those women's national soccer questions. Um. Anyways, yeah. So classic. So classic story that happened literally right before the podcast. We were like scrambling to get going, and um, there was uh, you know, my girlfriend had food in the oven. And she had to go. She has a uh, big, so she's on a professional hip hop crew, and their big, big performance is coming up um, this weekend. Uh, it'll already be over by the time this episode comes out, but they've been putting on tons of work. I said the Portland World Trade Center is going to be a pretty big event. Um, but none of that matters. I mean, it's exciting, but it doesn't matter the story. Uh, so that we had two quiches in the oven, and uh, she had to leave. So I open the oven, I'm taking them out, and uh, my dog, my, the puppy, is super excited, goes on its hind legs and slaps one out of my hands. Just fully mm. slaps it and I catch it, but the crust went like literally it was like flying. The whole kitchen was covered in like uh like pie crust. I was so mad. That's such a classic Vivette male thing to happen. That's so mumpy, man. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was one of those moments where I was like, this could have been really bad, or like it could have been worse, you know. I caught it, but it was like I was so frustrated. What are you doing though? I gotta, I gotta go here, bro. What are you doing as a twenty-five-year-old millennial making a quiche? That's really weird. So I'm gonna tell you, like, so Ma- Madison is the one who's making the quiche. I don't know how to make it, but quiche was always like a food that I thought was actually. Like, I didn't actually know what a quiche was. I gotta be honest. Until we moved in together, uh, and it was always a food that I was like, "This is super fancy. It's, it's got a Q in it. You know, it's a quiche." Uh, but it's just like egg. It's like an egg pie. Yeah. Like it's not that fancy, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm not, we're, you know, we're still living that meal prep, occasional ramen life. So you gotta, you gotta get the deals where you can. So, yeah, you really gotta appreciate when you're doing the double quiche action. I just think of quiche. Actually, Tanya loves quiche. Oh, so, okay. So it's super relatable content. I mean, I guess but aliens. I, just think I of, can guarantee you, an alien would love a quiche. It would have. It would be so random. An alien's like, "Oh, you got a chicken to lay its young, and then you cracked it open and you cooked it into a pie." What's happening? You're uh, actually right because they probably come down and see like Mickey D's and Chipotle and uh, what's that Asian food one that's terrible? Panda Express. Panda Express. That yeah, that shit's so bad, uh, but it's great when you're drunk. Um, <laughs> alien would probably come down and be like, what is this bullshit food you got here? And then, oh, a quiche? I'm taking this back to our freaking leader. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be like, hey, this is representative of all of the species food. It's called a quiche. <laughs> oh, fucking quiches. Sorry for the F-bomb there. Jeez. Um, all right, man. I'm gonna. I'm ready, I think, after all that hot quiche talk to uh, jump into my beer here. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna crack it open. I uh, I'm I'm drinking a bomber today, or a bottle. For those of you who don't know, a bomber is like a a tall boy bottle. I I don't know the the size. What is it? Twenty four ounces. Um, and it's a ferocious citrus IPA. Um, from Hopworks Urban Brewery. Uh, they have a lot of hazy IPAs out right now. Actually, I don't think I've. I just realized right now I was trying to get a different beer and I have not had this beer before. So let me 
Let me check out what the description says. <clears throat> Hopworks does that uh, totally chill there. Right? Yeah, so that's actually what I thought I was picking up. I oh, saw okay. Hopworks Hazy IPA, and I was like, oh, it's going to be totally chill. Um, cool. So it is... Here's a description. It's a 6.2 ABV, ferocious citrus IPA, um, one pint. Our hazy, crazy grapefruit IPA balances citrus forward hops with hard red spring wheat grown in Twins Oak Farm on San Juan Island. 1% of the proceeds from this beer benefits environmental organizations. Oh, that's cool. Look at that. You accidentally um, paid some money to charity. Can't go wrong there, bro. Yeah, I'm all about it. All right, let's... uh. Let me see. Okay, it tastes... I mean, it just smells like a regular hazy IPA at the top. Uh, citrusy, a little bit of hops. Um, let me see. Ooh, it's a lot more IPA-like than most of the new hazies that are coming out. Um, it's pretty, pretty bitter. I have to be honest, I've never had a regular grapefruit, so I don't know if this tastes like grapefruit. Um, but, you know, it, it's not too fruity. Let me take another sip here. Yeah, grapefruit can be pretty bitter, man. I'm not a huge grapefruit fan. Um, you're right, though. A lot of the um, hazy IPAs, the New England salad IPAs coming out right now are like the juicy the juicy versions. They're not yeah. as bitter, and they're a little more just like OJ and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think after my second sip, I definitely tasted some fruit. And when you said it was a uh, grapefruit can be bitter, I like I kind of realized it's the actually like not the, a hot bitter, but more of like a fruit forward bitter, if that makes sense. Um, so it's all right. Yeah, it is. I'd give it, you know, a, on untapped, I'll probably give it a three, two, five. Um, it's not bad. I definitely think it would be better uh, draft, but I would drink it again if it was an option. Nice, bro. That sounds solid. What are you? Uh, what are you drinking today? So I got um, from Clown Shoes um, Brewing, which is uh, Clown one Shoes of my Brewing. Pop- yeah, they're <laughs> Clown Shoes is the name of the brewery. You've I- I've told you about them. They're pretty solid. Um, out of Massachusetts, I can't say that state. Massachusetts. Um, so it's called Pineapple Space Cake. It's a. So they had they came out with a double IPA just called Space Cake. And so this is um, the space cake, but it's a pineapple variation, essentially. So a space cake, is this a cake you take to space or is it a cake that was made in space? Definitely a cake that was made in space. Um, The label has... A dude, like, in Superman garb, kind of Superman, Spaceman garb, flying in space, which, um, cupcakes floating around him, and Mm. pineapple, so. But I've I've had the original space cake, pretty solid. Um, Again, this is the pineapple space cake, comes in at 7.75 ABV. A heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Um, when I'm getting the, the smell on this, it comes back super citrus. You could smell that uh, pineapple for sure. Makes sense. Um, let me give this a little swig right here. 
Well, Jacob's taste in this, I think, uh, I, I love to hear from our fans, like what you guys consider a like heavy hitting, uh, ABV. So alcohol content personally, I think anything over 7% is a pretty good bang for your buck. Um, anytime I see a beer that's like 11%, I'm pretty or like above 10%. I'm usually actually pretty cautious. Like I think maybe it's not going to be that good of a beer. Um, but any any feedback, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, send us some fan art telling me that I'm wrong, whatever. You're definitely wrong. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, man, it's a good beer. Uh, just took a swig. It's really good. It, it, I think this is why it's called Space Cake is it kind of has like a grainy taste to it, grainy cereal or grainy bread, breadish type taste. Uh, you'll understand once you drink it or if you've had a beer like this. Um Comes through with a little bit of lemon flavor in there and some orange crisp flavor. Um, and then it hits you hard like a West Coast IPA, bro. Like we talked about the other day. Yeah, I gotcha. Stone makes those classic, um, West Coast IPAs from San Diego. Um, that's what this is, man. It's, it's a classic West Coast double IPA. Hits hard, um, with some, uh, light pineapple flavor in there. The pineapple is really subtle, but dude, it's, amazing I, I would drink this beer all the time so i'm assuming it's like a pineapple shortcake or something like that so ding ding fun. ding we have a winner here jerry what did he win i, I don't know so, what yeah. i win the answer was yes <laughs> uh cool man yeah that sounds pretty good so what i guess like what what do you consider like an ab do you have like a abv that you're like this is at this point, it's a heavy hitting beer, or or no? Is this depend on the type of the beer? It, I mean, it depends on the style of beer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, a double IPA in the seven to eight range makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, if it comes through, like this beer is heavy hitting in the sense of I could if I drink three of these, I'm gonna be drunk, man. Um, yeah, I got you. Or, I think, in my opinion, like if it's a porter or a stout or a double anything, usually it's like. Uh, you know, so, you know, I expect it to be in the seven to like eight and a half or nine range. Um, a lot of stouts will be in like, you know, 10.5 or something, which is still pretty, it's uh, still a lot. It's like pretty heavy hitting, but uh, it's like not that crazy. But when I see an IP, like just a straight up IPA, that's like 9%, nine out of 10 times, I feel like it's not a good beer. It's just like they're trying too hard. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. For me, I think the be- the type of beers I need to be careful with, um, are the stouts that are barrel aged and bourbon or something like that? Yeah. They come through at eleven or twelve percent, and they're just really boozy. It's not really my style, but um, yeah, I don't know. But if anyone hasn't caught on yet, the phrase of the day is heavy hitting. <laughs> heavy hitting. Uh, yeah, man. Cool. So it sounds like we got a couple good beers. What did What did you give it on Untapped, or are you gonna give it on Untapped? Yeah, so on tap, I give it a 3.5, 3.75. It's a not the best double IPA I've had, but it's something pretty solid that I would drink again. Cool, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, man, you really messed me up last week on the podcast. Okay, how so? So, not messed me up, but you you talked about the movie Midsummer. Oh, so good. Briefly. So good. So I went and saw the movie after you talked about it, and man, that movie's jacked up. I love it. It's good. It really gets you thinking. Um, 
I highly suggest to people out there that if you like horror movies in general, go see this movie. It's not your classic horror genre, though. Yeah. Um, without giving spoilers, it's going to tie into my next topic. It's about a cult. That's all I'm going to say. It's great movie. I give it four out of five stars. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I think it'll be the best horror movie of the year. Uh, it's like the cinematography is amazing. Like the, I, I don't want to give any spoilers, obviously, but like the way they um, filmed like probably five or six scenes were like was incredibly creative, and you you learned a lot without even having like, a ton of dialogue from characters. So, um, it's I mean I don't see movies very often. Again, I don't read books twice, but it's definitely a movie I would go watch again in theaters. Yeah, real quick because I do want to say this spoiler alert right here. If you don't want to hear a spoiler. Um, fast forward a minute and a half past this and go. So the one part um, you talked about the videography, there was a part when they're first getting to uh, that place in Sweden mm-hmm. and the camera flips completely upside down. Yeah, that was weird. Dude, it like it hurt to look at the screen, but you know, I kind of got the impression that what they were trying to convey there is that these people's life was about to be turned upside down and they're about to be really disoriented and, really confused you know because that's how i felt when that happened. yeah i agree so. i mean i think there's like so much uh i don't want i don't want to run into the the time where people are jumping if they jumped but i think there's so much symbolism almost kind of like get out if you saw get out like the second time you saw it you realize you saw so much more than the first time when you were just trying to pay attention to the plot yeah 100 man okay y'all spoilers are done sorry about that <laughs> all right man if you haven't seen that movie by the time this podcast comes out it's not really my fault so figure it out <laughs> Okay, man, so um, talking about that, that influenced me with the topic I wanted to go in today. So I'm going to be talking about a cult. So there's really no chug it or toss it to this because it's all facts about what I'm going to tell you. So just want to get into the weirdness and kind of discuss about that. So the name of this cult, so they're located in Brazil. They're called Superior Universal Alignment. That's the name. They are labeled as a UFO cult. Okay. Now, they're labeled that for one simple reason, which I'll go into in a second. But just realize after that, there's really no other talk about UFOs or aliens. Um, it sounds like it's just, you know, the leader trying to use that to gain control over people. So, um, her is a female leader. Her name is Valentina De. Andrade, probably pronouncing the last name wrong. Um, she believed that the world was going to come to an end and that only those who followed her and her rules would be saved. The reason why she thought it was going to come to an end, aliens contacted her, mm. told her the world was going to end and told her to spread the word about this and that they would send a spaceship for her and all her followers to save them. So my, my first question here is, do these aliens speak Spanish? Or I guess Portuguese, right, Brazil? They spell Portuguese? I guess. I mean, I don't know how aliens work. My idea of aliens is they could, you know, probably speak telepathically and whatever. Whatever uh, language the person's fluent in is probably what they hear it in. Aliens are pretty smart like that, bro. All right. All right. I also think it's really convenient that everybody had to follow her. Like, so she didn't have to make, like, she just made the rules, or she got the rules from these aliens, but, um, you know, it's a little convenient that there wasn't an alien to follow. 
Right? It's like, hey, oh, um, Valentina, can we see, like, the rules you got? No, 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 no. Just take my word for it. You can't see them. They weren't written down. Yep. It's all my head. aliens. <laughs> oh, man. It makes you wonder how people get stuck into this type of thing. I mean, it's probably a lot of people that don't have family and are easily influenced by religion and other things. But um, that was part of the thing. It, it came with religious um, denial in a sense of she started to preach like her rules that she started to preach. She was saying that God didn't exist. There was no God mm. the way we see it. She said that Jesus who, in the Bible was actually an alien Messiah who uh, came to earth to teach us about love and peace and enlightenment. And it was actually an alien Messiah. I love that it. The Bible talks about. So now, now I need to see a picture of like an alien carrying a cross. <laughs> I have to. That'd be a sweet tattoo. bro. It would be a sweet tattoo or like, um, like the classic last supper, but it's like a little gray alien and he's like lifting the cup and there's a bunch of other, like, all the apostles are like, what the hell, dude? This is a freaking alien. What is happening? <laughs> Except the cop's just floating there. He's not actually lifting. Yeah, yeah. There's like rays coming out of his head. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, our parents are going to be so happy to hear this one. Um, they're going to be so happy to hear yeah. this. So another part of her rules and her beliefs is... And I don't know why this year was picked. Maybe because that was the year it was was that this was happening. This was all in 1981 that this was starting. Um, she st- stated that any any dudes that were born after 1981 were evil, and that they had to be killed and exterminated. And that's basically payment to the aliens to thank them for saving the followers. That's a weird currency. Right, but if you're a dude born in 1980, you're clear scot free. Yeah, I mean, that, you're, 81? you're probably nah. stoked, right? Like, I made, it. I did it. <laughs> Think about that guy that was born December 28th, 1980. Oh my god, he was a good guy. Oh, he was a solid dude, but then but that guy born January 1st, 81, he was a real evil dude. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Had horns growing out of his head. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's part one of this, right? Um, Let's fast forward to 1989. Um, There's this town, an Amazonian town in Brazil called Altamira. Um, All of a sudden, they started to get a a large increase of children missing. Um, In fact, by 1993, there was a report that 19 to 21 kids went missing in that area from the age of 8 to 13. Um, there was no evidence about what happened to them. They were just perplexed, man. Um, my first thought when I was reading this is Alien Messiah came down, raptured them up to the ship. They were saved, bro. That was your first thought? That was my yeah, first I'm thought. That. I'm, like, I'm hey. tossing that thought. I mean, I wanted, I want to believe it. I, I want yeah, to believe. I agree with that. Just like Fox Mulder, I want to believe in aliens. I do too. I do too. So you're saying, uh, let me catch up here. There's, there's 19 to 20 kids that just went missing. Were they all dudes? Were they all male children or they, were they mixed? Man, you're catching on. They were all dudes. Mm. They're all, all boys that were missing from age eight to 13. Um, 
Then all of a sudden, in 1993, they found the body of bodies of five kids. Damn, that's um, tortured. They were all castrated. Oh god, um, that's terrible. They're they're saying the way it was done, it was clear that whoever did it had medical training, a medical background. So it had to be like a medical expert. Um, and you know, of course, this was crazy, and they they're trying to figure this out. The police out there and. Um, they just couldn't, man. There was no evidence besides, you know, looking like a medical expert. Eventually, some boy came to police, told him how he escaped from kidnappers and explained to them that these people kidnapped him um, along with other kids, all boys, and that they were getting tortured and castrated and raped and uh, mutilated, all this crazy stuff. Um, he went on to also say that I don't know how he would have all this knowledge, but that kids organs were being taken out and sold on the black market. Um, there's also unofficial versions of the story that says um, the kidnappers even cannibalized the kids and ate some of the organs, but they can't confirm that for sure. Um wow. That's and wild. then the, the kid that escaped, the people that he pointed out were involved in this was pretty, pretty intense because they're pretty respected members of the society in the area. There's two doctors that he named. It's a big surprise. Um, a very wealthy businessman. There was a police officer. And the last person, he said, Valentina de Andrade, the leader of this cult, mm. bro. So that's where these uh, two things collide. Now, um, after all this, they decided, yeah, these these five people, including her, were all involved. Um, They arrested and prosecuted four of them. um, But the leader of the cult ran out of the country. Um, Like three, four, five years later, they caught her. Crazy thing is... The, the doctors, the um, businessmen, the police officer, all were prosecuted, all were found guilty. The leader of this cult had an alibi that she wasn't in the country when all this stuff happened. And they went and checked her alibi, and it it, it was accurate. Well, of course she was in the so, country, right? She was with her alien bros. Exactly. She was out there in, uh, with Rick. Rip version B one seventeen and Morty C one eighteen, <laughs> you know, having adventures. I guess that's wild, man. Like that's um, that's some really intense. Like it, that's intense. It really happened, right? That's not a conspiracy. So it's like it's pretty intense that um, the the way a charismatic person can influence a lot of other people to do certain actions. Yeah, it's scary, man. And so thing is, she wasn't um, found guilty. So she's was exonerated. She's out there still with her followers. Oh, so they still exist. Yeah, they still exist. She still exists. I think, of course, she probably tamed it down with all this notoriety. Um, and doing some of this research, I did find some weird site that was talking like it was people from the cult. Um, I didn't spend too much time on that because it was kind of creepy and eerie. Um, I guess the cult, the, the cult started in Argentina. It's kind of, um, stretched its way out to Brazil, but huh. yeah, man, 
So again, no toss it or chug it on this. Just a WT. Yeah, that's wild. Like I said, Col- I mean, like Colts um, are. I've always been super interested in Colts. Uh, I think like not necessarily. Like, I want to join a cult, but like I'm. I've always been really interested in like what draws people to join a cult. Like what is like once you're in, like it's got to be a series of like very small things, and then all of a sudden you realize like I'm fully on board. You know, like I, I can't imagine anyone's just like day one like i believe that this is the right thing to do like it's got to be like a bunch of small things that builds up into that um you know kidnapping people dude you scared me for a second you said you're interested in cults (laughs) i was like you're gonna send me a picture of you in like nikes and laying in a bed waiting for the hell bop comet to roll by earth what the hell you're right over there No, no i'm interested in cults like the same way i'm interested in you know a lot, I don't know, like a lot, like I like, I'm interested in looking at it. I would never want to be a part of a cult. I was, I was already part of a fraternity. That's as culty as I need to be. Uh, True story. Ronald Reagan was part uh, of the greatest. He's, he's the greatest president to live purely because he was a teak. Purely that. You know who? Uh, Uncle Nasty would agree that he's probably one of the greatest presidents. Well, we ha- we, might ha- we have different reasons <laughs> on why we believe he's the greatest president. Uh, mine is purely because he was in. He was a teak. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about, and I'm not going to lie, I thought about this after seeing the movie Midsummer and then researching this crazy cult. Um, I had the thought, it would be like, oh, it'd be cool to infiltrate one of these cults and, you know, try and uh, learn about it and figure out, you know, why all these people are so enamored with the leader of the cult and figure out all the weird happenings. But then like, I'd be scared just like in the movie, if not necessarily like the movie, but if you're trying to infiltrate the cult, then all of a sudden you either started agreeing and you joined the cult or, you know, they found out you were a, a fake news cult member. And yeah. Off with the No, head. I mean, you gotta think like, I don't, I think we, we like, or we as like a, AKA a society, we like to believe that like things are pretty normal now still, but there's plenty of cults that are like in our everyday life. Right. Like, and you know, I'm going to preface this. Like if you were part of this group, sorry, not sorry, but like Scientology, (laughs) right? Like that is a de facto cult. And you hear all the time, people who um, struggled for years and years and years to leave. And it's incredibly difficult. Um, I, I feel like that's like that's a key tenet of a cult. Like once you're in, it's practically impossible to get out. And don't apologize for talking <laughs> shit about Scientology. No, no, I don't want to lose those listeners. Man, who cares about that <laughs> Scientology? Although they do believe in aliens, yep. so, so shoot, market. Let's hit them up, man. Let's hit up the Maybe Scientology. Maybe we should do a Scientology episode. If, if anyone out there is interested in doing a Scientology episode. Uh, send us one tweet, email, or Instagram message about it, and it'll it'll happen. Just hashtag Scientology. You don't have to say anything else. We yeah, got we got you. you. Uh, cool, man. This that so reminds me of a yeah. lot of. Um, I, I, I'm not. I don't have enough details to go into it. But when I lived up in Washington, uh, in Central Washington, there's a cult called Ramtha, like the cult of Ramtha or like Ramtha's Enlightenment, and it's this cult leader who says like she is the uh, reincarnation of this like 1100 uh, BC like Atlantean warrior or something and he speaks through her 
Oh, yeah, I just looked it up. Ramtha's School of Enlightenment. It's an American spiritual sect near the royal town of Yelm, Washington. Established in 88 by Jay-Z Knight. Claims to channel a 35,000-year-old being called Ramtha the Enlightened One. Whoa. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll do, we'll do an episode about it. Uh, it's, it's wild. And the, the, yeah, the best sure. part, the best part about this is that there's someone else who says that actually they're Ramtha. And like, there's a Ramtha bat. It's like oh. Ramtha v. Ramtha. But, uh. Oh, so it's like rival Ramtha. Yeah, it's like, oh. no, you can't be Ramtha because I'm Ramtha. <clears throat> Dude, that would be a great movie for uh, Will Ferrell and uh, William C. Riley. Is this when they first name William? I don't know. The the guys were that were in Step Brother. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They should make a Ramtha versus Ramtha comedy movie. Yeah. Hey, well, let's pitch it to them when they listen to our podcast. Cali- the Catalan wine mixer, Catalan, bro. Catalan, bro. Catalina. Oh. That's why I got you here, the high, the college graduate. Without you, man, I'd be lost on this podcast. <sighs> okay, man, let me jump into my, uh, I guess it's a conspiracy. Um, it's called the Mandela Effect. I think there's probably something, hopefully some of you have heard before, but uh, it's a pretty popular one. I think on conspiracies or on the internet, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people out there probably have heard the term Mandela Effect, but... I'm not sure if everyone really, um, really knows what it's about. I kind of barely do too. So lay it on. Yeah, man. So the Mandela effect is like it's the name of this phenomenon where a large group of people remember a certain event or a set of events differently than the way it's recorded. So like that's the simple way to say it. There's there's a lot of examples for it. So the uh, the example it's named after is um, obviously Nelson Mandela. He was a very, very important political activist in South Africa. Um, he was in prison for a while, eventually became the president of South Africa. Um, but a huge majority of people um, actually assume that he died in prison in the 1990s. Uh, but in reality, like he died in, like relatively recently in 2013. And when uh, when he died in 2013 is when this the idea of the Mandela effect like started coming around. Like people were a hundred percent like dead set. Like no, like I remember watching his fu- uh, his funeral on the TV. I remember all the like p- pundits and people in the news were like grieving, and it was a big deal. Um, so uh, another example is the Berenstain Bears. So it's a, it's a set of books, right? Have you probably read them more recent, or like I didn't read them a lot growing up. I think maybe you have more examples of that. Yeah, that was my go-to book when I was a kid. One of my go-to books. I know they made it into a cartoon more into uh, your generation of yeah. crew, but for me, it was the books. Yeah. So like an like a, a classic. So like coming with that example, a lot of people. Remember him as the Berenstein Bears. So, S T I E N. That's how I remember. Okay. It. There's no other way. What do you mean? No, and the way the actual book is Berenstain. S T A I N. And it's man. like you look it up right now. That's what you'll see, Berenstain. Um. So uh, th- these kind of small ones, right, are classic examples. Uh, another one is like. Darth Vader. So, like in the movies, in all the Star Wars movies, everyone quotes like Luke, "I am your father," but in the actual movie, Darth Vader says, 
no, I am your father. Um, so like there's small things like that. Yeah, you're right on that one though. I'm a kind of a Star Wars geek though, so I know it's not Luke, I am your father, but I, that probably wasn't a good example for me. I I know one. Okay, what's one for you? The Monopoly Man. Does he have a monocle or no? A hundred percent. A hundred percent he doesn't. Go look up Monopoly online. He does not have a monocle. No way. Hold on. Let me, I, I, right? let me look it up right now. I haven't, I... It's trippy, dude. Because, of course, of course he has a monocle. He's the Monopoly guy. Nope. Fake no, no monocle. monocle. Dude, that's the one that got Okay, me. so... Out of them all, no monocle. I don't know if you've seen Ace Ventura <laughs> oh, too. So good. Ace when Ventura he, too. Uh, he like drapes that lady over his shoulder. No, it's a dude. He drapes a dude with a monocle, and he calls him the Monopoly guy. So even in the movie, he's wearing a mon- monocle, and in the movie, they even like Monopoly guy, but he doesn't have a freaking monocle on the mon- Monopoly. Yeah, I think game. there's another example of this too with um, uh, what's the movie? Um, Shazam. I think that's the movie. And everybody thinks Sinbad is in the movie, but it's actually Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, it's definitely Shaquille O'Neal. Sinbad, I don't think. Yeah, so that, that's another. Nope. So, Sorry. like, that's the thing, right? There's some pretty big inconsistencies with this theory, but but overall, it's this idea that like there are large groups of people, um, you know, large groups being like a thousand plus, but who remember things um, very specifically different than the way they're recorded in history, and they're generally small things like this. Um, so the the hypothesis here, and this is where it gets a little crazy. I actually was a little worried about doing this conspiracy because it's uh, pretty scientific. But um, the hypothesis here is like that people or conspiracy theorists who believe in the Mandela effect think that we're possibly like traveling between parallel universes. Oh, and so that's okay. why there's like okay. these small changes. And when we go one universe to another, you know, we... Um, these small things we don't notice because it's so minute until, you know, 10, 20 years later when we're like, Oh, what do you mean? This is how the way it always was. So that, that's one example. That's one conspiracy. And, um, the folks who think that that's what's happening. Um, the, the reason they think that's happening is because in the last, you know, 50 years or so we've been, um, there's this group called the European organization for nuclear research also known as CERN, C-E-R-N. Okay, I know them just because of a book. Okay, so they've been doing a ton of testing on something called the God Particle, also known as... Yeah, Okay, so also known as the Higgs boson, Higgs boson. Um, My direct notes say, uh, too sciencey to explain, but the (laughs) quick summary here is that this particle was basically theorized to be... uh, the catalyst or the thing that created the reaction to the big bang. So it's like, that's why it's called the quote unquote God particle. Like saying like, this is a particle that helped like defy physics as we know it to create, you know, more matter out of essentially nothing. Um, and so they think that like, so there's a, a synthesized God particle that this group CERN has and, you know, I don't know the test they're running, but I imagine they're just, like, shooting a bunch of stuff into it or, you know, talking to it or, like, asking it its feelings or whatever. Uh, Saying, hey, hey, little dude, <laughs> do you like Blue Moon? <laughs> uh, what's your favorite craft beer, little guy? Uh, 
Do you believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> How do you feel about gray aliens? Um, yeah, so that that's the leading theory is that like all these tests with this God particle has made like our reality unstable. And as such, we're like, quote unquote, sliding through parallel universes. So let me wrap my tiny, minute little brain around this. Can I just simplify it? Is it really just meaning that there's multiple parallel dimensions and universes? And that in in one universe, it's called Bernstein Bears. In its parallel universe, it's called Bernstein Bears. And somehow, um, when I was young, I was in one universe. And now, somehow, I'm older and I've kind of... Uh, transferred over into a different universe yeah so that's what it's saying and i think the the idea isn't that it's not just you who's like slid like um it's either all of us or like a large group of people have been affected and are sliding through different parallel universes and we're unaware because it's so quick um okay see i mean the mandala effects is a trip and for me i kind of do believe it, it in in theory, right? Like the the whole parallel universe crap really, really interests me. It's just, it's just a mind. I can't say the word. You already said it, man. Just it's, mess. It's, it's a it mind. Yeah. It's a mind boggler. It's a mind boggler. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, man. I I I'm feeling this. I love. Yeah, this I shit. think. Uh, I mean, it, I think parallel universes would actually explain a lot about the world and the way we view the world and, uh, you know, everything from like the way certain people are to like the way religions view the world, you know, all of it. Um, I think it would explain a lot. Uh, so th- that is one theory. And I, I think, uh, I think there could be something to it, but I actually really like this second theory and the second theory is a lot simpler and it, it goes as such as that, um, at some point in the future, we develop time travel and someone has traveled way back, has traveled previous to the moments that these things are happening. And there's a butterfly like effect that's like changing very small things like this. Cause someone was in the past and we, uh, that's why we remember these things the way they used to be is cause they existed at one point, but our reality has been changed because someone traveled back into the past. Okay, that makes sense. For a second, I thought you were going to say someone went back into the past and changed these things. So, you know, the Nelson Mandela would be a pretty significant change, right? Yeah. Um, somehow making yeah. sure he didn't die and he lived. But then, you know, they'd be pretty petty to change the spelling of Bernstein Bears. And <laughs> no, he was like he, Oscar he Mayer. Make a lot of like edits to movies. Yeah, I'm just going to mess with these people. Oscar Mayer spelled with a, not an E. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Monopoly man, no monocle. Uh, dude, that's the one. Is it, is, does that show my level of intelligence that the Monopoly guy not having a monocle is the biggest one that just hurts my brain? Like how, uh, that's non-believable for me that he doesn't have a monocle. Yeah, I mean, even like in pop culture references, he always has a monocle, right? Like I bet you, I bet always. you if you were to, if I were to walk into, uh, you know, some tech company who's like, we're making a new Monopoly app. They would be like, oh, the Monopoly guy has got to have a monocle, of course. Like, it would be a, it would be no questions asked. 
Of course, but then the management would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? He's never had yeah. a monocle. Why are you adding you're just, this shit? You're so ignorant. <laughs> you're so ignorant, bro. <laughs> no, that's ignorant. No, Blanket. That's ignorant. That's like an old school South Park reference right there. Yeah, man. The, Mr. Jefferson. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow, man. So I am going to chug it to this. And <clears throat> it's one of those where it's believable and more of... Um, going back to Fox Mulder's poster on his office wall, I want to believe. I, I want to believe there's parallel universes and different dimensions, the fourth and fifth dimension. So I'm going to chug it, bro, because I just like this stuff. Yeah, man. I'm going to give it a, just a straight up uh, beer leaveable tag. Um, I already drink my beer, but I'll, I'll give it a theoretical, you know, chug it. I think I think it's possible. Um, I, I like the time. I, I mean, I want the time travel one to be true more than necessarily like the parallel universes. Uh, just by like the nature of time travel, and I think maybe we should get into this in another episode. But if somebody time travels to our universe, the idea is that it creates a brand new like that would create a new universe, like a parallel universe in and of itself, um, because there would be a timeline where he didn't jump back. Whoa, that's getting deep. Yeah, yeah for so that, sure. that's a whole let's, episode in of, of itself. But um, I love the idea of like, I mean, maybe it's just me. I love the butterfly. I love that movie, Butterfly Effect. Uh, but like, right? Yeah, very underrated. Movie. Somebody comes into our universe, and maybe they had one thing that they were doing, and it affected a lot of people in a lot of really small, weird ways. Um, like instead of it being called peanut butter, it's now called peanut paste. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right? Some guy was like, uh, is it a butter or a paste? And one day he was like, oh, it's butter. And then, like, JFK didn't get assassinated. And he's like, definitely a paste. Definitely. Instead of eating macaroni and cheese, we're going to be eating macaroni and pesto, yeah, bro. Straight up. Uh, yeah, man. So I love it. I think I love time travel. I'd love to get into it more. Um, this is our first episode so without just, uh, encrypted, so maybe uh, next week we'll have, to do, we'll have to double up on it or something like that, but I uh, love any feedback from you guys on this episode. If you'd like more of this kind of, um, kind of uh, not necessarily off-brand, but it's not specifically a conspiracy or a cryptid, or if you want us to stick to the basics, let us know. Nah, I mean, man, we're going to do whatever yeah, we I want, mean, give us- but let us know. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, I like talking about... That's why the podcast kind of uh, markets itself as beer, cryptids, conspiracies, and everything in between. Um, So cults and paranormal ghosts, those things are going to get thrown in there. Is a paranormal ghost different than a regular ghost? A paranormal ghost, he's like a psychic ghost. He's like, I can see into the future. Little Rick! (laughs) Um, That's... I don't know where you even... Dude... Uh, come on, college graduate. I'm not that smart to figure out the difference between those two. Um, I, I've been trying to say though, let's officially timestamp this. Um, we will in the next, you know, five or six episodes dedicate one episode and talk about time travel. Um, there's actually, um, a couple photos, old photos where there's a time traveler supposedly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that, um, in the next few weeks here. So, um, Cool, dude. Um, that was pretty solid. I think uh, we're going to be uh, put on hold here. I'm heading to California in a few days. 
I'm uh, going to party down and uh, double up on my beer drinking nice. and uh, come back next week and do a little more recording, man. Cool, man. We'll have a good time. I think uh, this is episode six. Uh, episode five. Actually, this episode is probably going to come out right when I get back from California. So cool, man. So we've got episode so. five here, and we'll got a, I think we've got a couple other ones in the back burner uh, at, by the time this comes out. Bro, we don't we don't have to worry about numbering the podcast on air, bro. That's what uh True that's what bro. It's wild, is man. Like the fact that I, we're talking and neither of us are even in the same state, right? We're hundreds of miles away from each other. Uh thousands. Thousands. Actually. And all of this is to say well, if we can do this now, like you, you know, this was probably something that was unimaginable twenty five years ago, fifty years ago. Imagine in 200 years, they're just doing time travel like it's no big deal. Oh, right. You're like, hey, hey, Jerry, um, what do you got going on Saturday night? Oh, not much. I'm about to head back to 1989 for a couple hours and uh, get the original Coca-Cola. Then I'll probably head back to year uh, 1999, New Year's Eve. Everyone's freaking out about Y2K. And then, I don't know. Might head home uh, after a few beers in 2055. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going to head back to, uh, you know, 2019, the first wave of the hazy craves. And then I'm going to go to 2075 yeah. where they stop drinking beer and are just drinking fermented uh, water. Just water that's been sitting in the glass <laughs> for four or five years. Uh, after that, head home, have a pancake. Solid <laughs> night, Jerry. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Well, once again, uh, our last promo here. So hit us up on Facebook, the Craft Cryptids Fan Club, Twitter at Craft Cryptids, Instagram at Craft Cryptids. Email us any questions, uh, chug it or keep it, suggestions for conspiracies or cryptids or fan art, whatever you want, uh, at craftcryptids at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you don't have internet, go ahead and just scream into the abyss and we'll hear you. Solid, solid abyss talk. (laughs) Last thing I want to add in is if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please rate the podcast. Also, please leave a written review. Um, That helps us get, you know, the word out. So... Um, hope you all have a uh, good rest of your week whenever you're listening to this and uh, happy Sasquatch hunting. Cheers everybody, have a good one.